This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. More details have emerged this week in the case of two Alabama men who are currently being held by Russian forces somewhere in the country of Ukraine. The mother of Alexander Druke has spoken with WAFF News about a message that she got from her son this week. According to the State Department, Alex assured them that they are getting food and water, they have bedding, they have um, clean clothes, they're being treated well, they're not being tortured. And they are in solitary confinement. In the first part of June, a video emerged that showed both Druki and Andy Hun as captives among Russian-aligned soldiers in Ukraine. The two men are veterans of the U.S. military and headed over to join Ukrainian forces in the conflict that's occurring there. Resolving the election dispute in the Republican primary race of State Senate District 27 is just not going to be easy or fast. The Alabama Republican Party Candidate Committee determined earlier this week that the winner would be determined through a coin toss after one provisional ballot was accepted for Tom Watley, which brought that tight race to a tie. The Alabama Law Enforcement Agency then came out and disputed the validity of the driver's license of the voter behind the provisional ballot that was accepted. Now Tim Watley's opponent, Jay Hovey, is not wanting to move forward with that coin toss. Hovey and his advisors are now seeking a rehearing with the provisional ballot not counted. This story is developing, and we will keep you updated as more steps move forward. FedEx will be expanding at its facility in Montgomery. The Distribution and Logistics Center will take $52 million to be built. The new 250,000-foot facility is already underway in construction on adjacent property of about 46 acres. FedEx says that this new facility will be able to handle twice the package volume compared to what's being done at the current facility. An alabaster woman pleads guilty to theft from nursing home residents in Shelby and Montgomery counties. 58-year-old Paige Smith worked as the business office manager at those facilities. Smith's theft was discovered by the Medicaid Fraud Control Unit within the Alabama Attorney General's office. They say she took a total of $52,000 from three different residents in Alabaster. The AG's office has already announced the sentencing of Smith Following her guilty plea, Smith will serve a split sentence, 12 months in the Shelby County Jail and 12 months on supervised probation following her release. Smith has also paid back $54,000 in restitution before she was given her sentence. Well, here is part three of my discussion with attorney Matt Clark, who heads up the Alabama Center for Law and Liberty. We discussed the Supreme Court ruling that came out last week that reinforced the Second Amendment in a very clear-cut ruling that favored law-abiding Americans seeking a concealed carry permit in the state of New York. Well, well, I think that Dobbs was the most important decision that the Supreme Court handed down because of the result. It, it, it gives the states the freedom to finally end mass murder. So that, that's why it was the biggest decision. From an originalist standpoint, though, if you just want to talk about um, the way that the law gets interpreted and, and doing, doing it the right way, the, the, the gun rights case that you just talked about was the biggest originalist decision of this past term, and maybe ever. It really was beautiful. New York outlawed open carry, and if you wanted to get a concealed carry permit, you had to demonstrate a special need for it beyond the average citizen's need for self-defense. 
So, I mean, you really got to prove that you're getting death threats or, you know, maybe you work for an armored car company and you face the possibility of getting robbed a little bit more frequently, something like that. That's, that's what you need in order to, to, to get the right to carry. They, the, the court rejected the normal way of approaching cases and instead it really went with a 100% originalist analysis of the Second Amendment to answer the question. Um, so what I'm talking about here is, is probably over the last, oh, I'd say about 100 years or so, in the legal world, the Supreme Court and, and lower courts, it, it's actually been very rare for them to judge constitutional cases by what the Constitution actually says. Uh, I'll tell you what, Andrea, it's, it's so bad that when I was studying for the bar exam, um, our bar instructor, when he was going over constitutional law, he told us, don't read the Constitution while you're studying constitutional law. It will confuse you, and you're going to fail this portion of the bar. Yeah. Now, that's the reality. you got to think, what the heck is going on? We must really be screwing something up. And, yeah, uh, yikes. Yeah, it's like saying but, to a preacher, don't read the Bible while you're creating your sermon. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. That, that, that's exactly what uh, it's the equivalent of. That, that's a great analogy. And, and so what, what, what typically has happened in constitutional cases is the courts have tried to engage in some form of balancing, right? Like trying to balance the, the interests of, you know, a state wanting to do things its, its way versus balancing the, the right of an individual to do what he, he or she wants. But the problem with that is it is inherently subjective. It gives the judges way too much room to start to, to rule according to what they think is, you know, generally good for society. But the, pro- the whole point of the Constitution is we the people have gone through that process of trying to balance what's good for society. We've arrived at a conclusion, and this is now the supreme law of the land. Mm-hmm. So um, the, the court's opinion in Bruin uh, followed that line of reasoning exactly. They explicitly said, we're not doing this balancing stuff. The people already did that. They, they've come to their conclusion on how to balance everything in the Constitution. And so we're going to apply the Constitution as it's written. And so because of that, in gun rights cases now, the Second Amendment applies presumptively you know, any kind of firearm that the average person can carry for self-defense. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com in national news. Today, U.S. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer will be laying down the gavel forever. Breyer announced his plans to retire from the high court back in January of this year. It will now become official on Thursday at noon after the Supreme Court releases all of its rulings from the 2021-2022 judicial session. Breyer's replacement is Kentaji Brown-Jackson, who was approved by the U.S. Senate this past spring. Jackson will be sworn into court today as well. Testimony given this week to the January 6th House Select Committee is now getting some immediate blowback. White House aide Cassie Hutchinson spoke with Chairwoman Liz Cheney about what she heard happened at the Ellipse in Washington, D.C., following Donald Trump's speech to a million supporters gathered there. What happened in the president's vehicle when the Secret Service told him he would not be going to the Capitol? The president said something to the effect of, I'm the effing president, take me up to the Capitol now. To which Bobby responded, sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. Hutchinson was relaying a story that was told to her by Tony Ornato from the Secret Service. Now two other agents are coming forward to say they will gladly testify under oath that what Hutchinson is saying did not happen.
That includes Bobby Engels, the head of Trump's Secret Service detail. Several news outlets, including Fox and NBC News, are confirming that the Secret Service agents are denying completely that Trump lunged at the steering wheel or grabbed an agent's arm for not taking him to the Capitol building on that day. Grammy award-winning singer R. Kelly has been sentenced to 30 years in prison for racketeering, bribery, kidnapping, and sex trafficking. Kelly will also pay a $100,000 fine as part of the sentence that was issued from U.S. District Judge Ann Donnelly. The judge says that Kelly not only used sex as a weapon, but for the purposes of violence, cruelty, and control over his victims. Many of them were under the age of 18. Victims of Kelly's crimes were in the courtroom to observe the sentencing. His lawyer says they plan to appeal. Remember the news report of four Americans found passed out at a Sandals resort in the Bahamas. Three of them died. One of them was airlifted to a hospital nearby. Well, now details are revealing that the fatalities were caused by carbon monoxide poisoning. Donna Chiarella is the lone survivor in this incident. She was with her husband, Vincent, celebrating their anniversary, along with another couple, Michael and Robbie Phillips of Tennessee. All of them were found unresponsive in their two different resort rooms. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. Don't forget to check out Right Side Radio and host Phil Williams as he talks to Attorney General Steve Marshall about life in Alabama after abortion has been banned. You know, one of the questions we got early on was the Plan B pill, which, frankly, I would learned a little bit about uh, right after that. And, and we've determined that it does not apply. We've been asked a question about contraceptives, and that's not something that is covered by this uh, act at all. Uh, and now we're trying to parse out other conduct and provide both prosecutors, law enforcement, as well as providers information that they need uh, moving forward. So we're having those conversations literally as we speak uh, and working to develop guidance for those who have questions about what potentially is is sanctionable criminal conduct and, and what otherwise is not. Well, so let me ask you this. Has there been any pushback? Because you, you came out the gate. I mean, literally, y'all, y'all filed, you, apparently you had it ready, but you had the motion to lift the injunction uh, ready to go on the Human Life Protection Act. And to his credit, I will say this, Judge Myron Thompson has enjoined any number of conservative causes over the years, but to his credit, he didn't waste time that same afternoon uh, the, uh, the stay was lifted and, uh, and, and, you know, all of a sudden the human life protection act became the law and your office issued a statement saying, as you said a moment ago, the sort of a cease and desist, if you will. Um, but then at the same time, did you receive any pushback, any of the clinics, uh, call and say not today, or we have people already in our office or did, did they just like stop cold as far as you know? Yeah, we have, we have not received any pushback at all. And, and you're right about uh, Judge Thompson's action. I mean, between the time that we filed our request for emergency relief to when he conducted a hearing, I think it was less than four hours, and he had an order entered uh, less than an hour later. And so wow. we were very pleased with the swiftness in which the, the court acted, and frankly should have, because the only basis for stopping the enforcement of the 2019 Act was, was the, the Roe and Casey precedent that we had seen from the Supreme Court. And when that uh, foundation for the injunction was removed. Uh, there was no basis for the injunction to be in place any further. So very, very grateful for um, the fact the court was willing to act so swiftly. You know, one of the things that, unlike other states that had kind of this uh, 30-day provision before the laws were going to effect if Roe was overturned, you know, Alabama's was basically four hours. And very, very pleased that 
uh, we were able to get that relief as quickly as we did. And 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 look, one thing that we were prepared, and we have been doing our homework on that front for a while, and really proud of our solicitor general and his team and getting that done. You can find more of that podcast at rightsideradio.org. If you've been enjoying the reports from The Daily Detail, don't forget to recommend it to a friend or encourage them to subscribe either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I'm Andrea Tice. I will be back again next Wednesday. Until then, Emily Danielson will be filling in for me for The Daily Detail, which I appreciate. I hope you all have a very happy Independence Weekend. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 